This is Life of an Architect, a podcast dedicated to all things architecture, with a little bit of life thrown in for balance. Let's pretend that you're an architecture student, highly educated, extremely dedicated, and yet not an architect. It's time to get your architectural sea legs under you and get a job in an office of an architect, or a lot of architects. How does this happen? Why would you even do this? What can you expect? So many questions. Welcome to episode 118, Architectural Interns. Welcome to the Life of an Architect podcast. I'm Bob Borson. And I'm Andrew Hawkins. And today we're going to talk about architectural interns, internships, all that jazz, which can be a fairly wide-ranging topic, but Andrew and I are going to do our very best to cover a lot of ground and unveil as much as possible over the next hour. And I don't know about you, Andrew, but I think this topic is particularly well-timed because around the country, architectural career fairs are about to take place. Yeah, they're about to start kicking off in the next month. Most of them will be done by the end of February, by a bit, almost all of them. Yeah. I know ours is in February the 17th. Yeah, you know, we have a talent retention group at my office, of which I am the unofficial leader of. Like, they keep saying, all right, you're in charge. And I go, no, I'm not. And yet they continue to say, yes, you are. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's one of the things we're talking about is career fairs. When do we go? Which ones do we want to go to? Who will go to them? Yeah. It's kind of surprising how much time we spend talking about it just for something that's such a fast burn. Because even in the three years, well, I've been there almost, you know, over three years now, but, and I guess it's because they go, ooh, people know who Bob is because of the life of an architect mumbo jumbo. We'll send him out into the wild to talk to people along with other people. We'll make him do it. <laughs> yeah. And you know what? I'm okay. Yeah. Yeah. I like talking to architecture students, to be honest with you. Mm. And so I have opinions about how these things go and what you should do and how they work and all that kind of stuff. But I want to run something past you. And I'd be happy, anyone who's listening, if you want to send me a note and tell me what you think, I'd be happy to hear it. So whenever I do these things, all the architecture firms put swag on the table. Most of them do at least, right? Yeah, some kind of little something. Yeah. And you know what? It's all garbage. I'm assuming that everybody knows it's garbage. Trashkeys, yeah. Yeah. Or it's like branded notepad or a pen or a jump drive that has the firm's logo on it or yeah. a terrible backpack with things that will cut off the circulation to your arms if you wear it. You know, all that kind of stuff. So this year, they're like, okay, we need to make sure we have plenty of notepads and pens. I was like, we're not doing that. And they're like, what? Like they look at me with just like, well, what are you talking about? Such a sacrilegious statement. <laughs> oh, for sure. They're like, well, that's what that's what you do. And I go, no, yes. you know what? No student wants branded notepad. What are they going to do with that? Right? <laughs> and so they look at me like, okay, Mr. Smarty Pants, what would you do? I say, we're going to get really good ramen. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're out there and you come to a Boca Pal career fair event, we're going to have imported Korean ramen. At the table. Nice. And there's like different flavors from like regular to hot to crazy hot to like, what's wrong with you hot? Yeah. You can take a bag of ramen. <laughs> that's what we're going to give out. And you know what? Because they'll eat it. And I go, that's what they want. <laughs> Am I wrong? Do you think I'm wrong about that? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think people will take it. I mean, some people won't, but some people will, but it's still. 
it's more useful than a branded notepad for sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I actually was trying to convince them to do like a bag where you had to like, ooh, here are the four ramens that are available. You got to reach into the secret bag and pull out one. You don't know what it's going to get. So you could get the triple, like, what's wrong with you, hot? And you're like, no, I wanted the chicken. <laughs> yeah, you're like, I wanted the plane. Yeah. On a scale of one to five, I wanted the zero. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, you see the cardboard box with the hole cut in the top, right? Then you can't see it. You just put it in there. Yeah, but here's the problem. The hole would, to get the raw- Would be big. Yeah. Yeah, because these aren't the garbage, whatever brand that you get at the grocery store. What is it? Manchurian or whatever it is. Yeah. I can actually get some of that stuff in my grocery store. The good stuff you're talking about. Yeah, this is the kind where you can't read the label. Yeah, oh, I know. Like, you just have to look at how many fireballs they have on the front to know how spicy mm-hmm. it is. And you're like, there's a picture of a chicken. I guess it's chicken flavor. Like, So it's like that. There's a chicken that's crowing that's got flames coming out of its mouth. <laughs> you're like, that's going to be hot. <laughs> yeah, that's good. That works. Yeah. All right. So that's what we're doing. So look, everybody, you want some of this like high-class ramen? We got the goods. We're delivering. <laughs> And if it's a terrible idea, uh, just send it to me private. Let me know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't post in the comments. Just send a, send a, send a DM. I know. Everyone's going to let me know that you're stupid, Borson. Okay. Internship. You ready to get into like the real meat of the conversation? Sure. Okay. I think we should start off by setting the table a little bit by talking about our own internship experiences. And I asked you this right before we hit record. And when I said, did you do an internship? What was your first answer? It was no, but then I remembered it was yes. <laughs> was it because it was not memorable? No, it's because it was real short. You got fired. No, I did it during grad school. I don't know that I would consider it a true internship because I guess it was maybe more like I was working for just one semester because I was still taking class. In that sense, that's why I don't think it was a true internship because I wasn't not taking class and working, but I was taking class and working for just one semester. But I got that through the school. So it was kind of a, a hybrid sort of thing. I think it qualifies. So I did do one. So was it a positive experience? Or like, did they go, here's a guy who doesn't really know what he's doing. Let's show him the ropes. Yeah, no, it was good, actually. No, it was good. I worked for a actually a small residential firm in Eugene, Oregon. There was about five or six people, if I remember, in the office. and. I worked on some of their residential projects, and they took me out to job sites. And It was a good experience for the short amount of time that it was, and they kind of let me get my hands dirty. It wasn't like, here, go file this stuff. I mean, like I was drawing CAD drawings and stuff like that, which to me was was a good thing. I mean, I, did, I wasn't minding that I was drawing wall types and stuff like that because I didn't know any better anyway. Because so, it was still drawings. Yeah, and it was still new, right? And so it was fine. But it was a really good experience. I enjoyed it. I mean, I think I learned quite a bit, even in the short amount of time that it was, because it was a pretty short amount of time. Yeah. Because we were on quarters, so it was really short. Oh, that was really short. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I was trying to think, I don't know what this means. I'm trying to say, I don't know what to read into this, but I'm pretty sure I had three internships. And two of them were with the same guy. Mm -hmm. Like, were they in a row? The two in a row were the same person? Or was it that person skip and then that person again? Uh, I think it was that person two years in a row. Uh, that's a that's a confidence thing, right? It makes you feel good. They wanted yeah. you back. Well, you know, uh, I got it through my mom. <laughs> <laughs> so this guy had kids that my mom taught. Oh, okay. And so I knew him and he's like, yeah, come on, let's do stuff. 
And this was, you know, I did drawings and stuff, and he made me do a lot of lettering. This was back, we were all handwriting. Yeah, handwriting, sure. He would go, I want you to note this drawing. And I was like, oh, God. Like, it like felt hard. (laughs) Well, it was hard. I had to do a lot of sight measurements. He's like, here, crawl down in that foundation. I need the location of all these piers. And I'm like, what? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But he was there, too. So it wasn't like he just sent me out to do the gross stuff. You know, he did it, too, but- that one I definitely had to do by myself. Crawl underneath the foundation. Crawl under the, yeah, yeah, sure. Yeah, but. He's like, I'll hold the end of the tape that's not under the building. Right? I'll knock on the top of the wood here so you, <laughs> you can find your way back when you exactly. go to the far end there. <laughs> no, but for the most part, so that was a positive experience because I got to do a little bit of everything. There was just three of us. Hmm. And it, there's a whole story that I won't get into, but I'll tell you this one thing. The building where we leased space, it was like four bays, and we took one of the bays. The whole building was owned by this photographer guy, mm. and he shot like car ads and food stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I was telling you, like one of my first days, he shot a, like a lingerie. No, no, it was sorry. It wasn't lingerie. It was comforters. That's what it was. But of course, you needed scantily clad people in the bed with the comforters. So I yeah. come into work, and there's like really the most beautiful women I think that I've ever seen in real life walking around with like almost nothing on. And I was like, what? Architecture is awesome. (laughs) And he's like, yeah, no, that's not, that's something else. He's like, yeah, that's not architecture, dude. Yeah, that's not, that's photography. And I'm like, dang it. I took the wrong classes in college. No. So, so it was fun. And those guys were were great, but I did a a short summer stint with that same guy. Mm -hmm. This was like my first real day in the office. I was still young enough to where I had to go buy like new pants. You know, I didn't have like work clothes, mm-hmm. proper work clothes. So I put, I get my special work clothes. I go to the office and they're like, uh, you're filling in for Joe while he's on vacation. I was like, great. And they're like, well, it was Joe's turn to mow the front yard. So on day one in my brand yeah. new work clothes, I had to go mow the front lawn <laughs> with an electric mower. Oh, man. So I kept having to like whip the cord out of the way. It's like a thousand degrees. Yeah. I was like, what? I don't think that's true. That was not a great experience. And then the other one, and you might find this one interesting, and that was a small firm. And the reason why I think these are important to point out, because that was a very small firm. And then I worked in one with probably around 60 to 80 people, somewhere in there. Mm -hmm. And I still, to this day, I cannot wrap my head around what happened during this one summer job I had. Okay, so I get hired into their CA department. And it was two guys, and you can guess that they were old white guys. Mm-hmm. And they both had like cubicles that were like eight by eight that they just pulled apart to create like a hallway to like walk in and turn left into one guy's cubicle and turn right to go into the other mm-hmm. one. In that crack in between, that's where I sat. That's where they put me. Yeah. And my job was to log submittals in for projects mm-hmm. when they came in. Mm-hmm. So I was just like doing data entry most of the time. And then as the summer wore on, they would trust me to, this was back in the old days when you'd get 10 copies of a submittal and you'd have to write everything 10 times over, whatever it was, like whatever you redlined, yep. you'd have to mark Do that it, up again yeah, a bunch of times, yeah. over and over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so I spent a lot of time transcribing red lines. Copying the red stuff that they wrote onto the other nine copies. Oh, yeah. Yes. And then by the end of the summer, I'm checking all that stuff myself, mm-hmm. right? They'd probably look over it, but they're like, yeah, you can check this. Mm-hmm. And one of them I remember was 
they had me checking precast concrete parking garage drawings. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Sign me up. I was like, this dimension, yeah. yeah, this dimension doesn't match. So I would flag it sort of thing. And so that was a weird experience. But here's what's drag about it. We did not sit where everybody else sat. We were like, if you took a hallway and just kind of bloated out one chunk of it and put two cubicles and a crack in there, that's where we were. Mm. I saw almost nobody all day long except for those two dudes. Those two guys? Yeah. Yeah. Nobody talked to me mm. except for those two guys. And they hardly talked to me at all because they're like, what does this 64-year-old guy want to talk to a 20-year-old about? Mm. Right? It's like, we're not like, hey, what'd you do last night? There was nothing. Yeah. And at the very end of the summer, there was this one admin who told me she had a son about my age, took pity on me, and took me out to lunch my last week there. Mm. Like, I never went out to eat, never had lunch with anybody in the office. And so she took me out to eat my last week there and gave me a watch. <laughs> I don't know. Okay. It was like a swatch. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like, she didn't like pale. But it was just, it was very nice. I mean, I still, I don't remember her name, but I remember, I mean, the fact that I remember that story shows that her little touch of kindness resonated with me. But yeah. the rest of that experience, terrible. <laughs> and that was at a bigger firm then, yeah, right? And that was at a bigger firm. And that's why I thought I'd share both of those because- my experience at a small firm was a lot different than my experience at a big firm. But now that I work at a big firm, we go out of our way to not have people experience what I experienced when I worked at a big firm. And it's more like when you work at a small firm now. Yeah. And I think I think for a lot of people that, I mean, a lot of firms now that that's really kind of an important thing. They try to change that internship experience and make it more interactive and it's not sitting in between two guys and you're copying stuff, they try to get you a little bit more involved and excited about the firm. But yeah, I can tell you, the one thing I do remember about my, my internship experience is that's when I learned in that job, you got to have two pair of shoes. Mm. You got a job site pair of shoes, right? Like, mm -hmm. cause the, it was a, a man and a woman, they were the partners of the firm. And I would go, the lady to go to the job site, she'd take me to the job sites with her. And she'd always like, Walk out, pull her big like mud boots out of the back of her, I guess Jeep Cherokee or whatever it was, I don't remember, and like put them on because she should go to the job site. And I was like, oh, well, this is kind of weird. I mean, in Oregon, it was damp, you know, 90% of the time. It's not ever really dry. Yeah. And so that's when I learned I go the first time and I'm in my nice shoes. I'm not dress shoes or anything, but nice shoes that I didn't want to get all covered in mud and saw the caked on stuff. Right. And she was like, yeah, you just got to make sure you got these extra shoes all the time because you never know when you're going to have to go to the job site and you don't ever want to go out there in your good shoes. I was like, all right. And your loafers. Lesson learned. Yeah. I came back and the rest of the day I was like all dropping mud balls all over the office and stuff. <laughs> I was like, oh, I feel like a jerk. And I had to ruin my shoes. But Well, it's funny. when we When we talk about what sort of experience we want interns to have at our office, we talk about, well, who's going to be their handler? Mm -hmm. Like, who's going to be their... So, we think this is clever. Obviously, the name of the firm's Boca Powell. But when you come and work for us, we assign you a Boca Powell. Get, see it? P-A-L. Woo! Yeah, nice. That's, that's awesome. So, we actually make it a point to assign young people who work in our office to be the contact day-to-day -day oh. overseers of our interns. Yeah. 
We want them to kind of connect and understand and say, hey, you know, take them out to lunch or give them fun things to do. Let them come to these meetings. Let them come and sit on these presentations. Let's give them real responsibilities because this is something we get into later. There's a a level that we want our interns to be at. So when they show up, they actually have some skills that we can say, hey, let's have you do this. It may not be like some huge monumental task, Mm -hmm. but it's not running blueprints or filing magazines. I mean, it's like real work that ends up somewhere and it's a benefit. It's not organizing the sample library. No. No. And part of the reason we go out of our way to do that is I mean, there's lots of reasons we want the experience to be positive because we all remember having bad experiences and we're like, well, why would we want to keep doing that since we talk about it 25 years later, how much it was a drag. But the other thing is, is when we pick the schools that we go to these career fairs, we want those students going back and saying, man, I had an awesome time. My summer job was cool. I got to work on awesome things because even if that person doesn't come back to us, you know, we try to vet our people to where Again, this comes up later too. It's a great way to get a permanent job is to do an internship. Mm-hmm. And so we we don't go to like every possible career fair that's out there. We try to have inroads into certain schools because we like their programming or we like the curriculum that they're doing. So not only do we want them to go back and say it was a great experience, we want them when they get done to come back a lot of times. That's kind of the mindset that exists now. And not having gone, I mean... I don't think the experience I had where I was checking shop drawings in the crack between two CA guys, I don't think they were worried about whether or not I was enjoying my experience there. Yeah, yeah. They're like, ooh, we can get labor for $6 an hour. So let's get into what I wrote down as the objective. Like, why would someone want to do an internship in an architectural office? We've already covered a few things, but at the top of my list, I have, it's good for people to learn what architects do. And that's a lot different than what people think we do. Even architecture students, they do architecture all day, but then they come to an office, they're like, oh, this is done differently than how it is in school. This is not architecture like I thought it was. Yeah. I think that is a really important aspect of it is that it gives you a better glimpse or picture of what it's like, even if you are sitting in between two dudes and transferring shop drawings, which I mean really wouldn't happen anymore. I hope not anyway, but being able to see how an office operates and what actually happens on a day to day. And then it's not a hundred percent design a hundred percent of the time. Mm-hmm. That's not your life for most people for 99% of the people in the, in the practice is a really important aspect. It is important, but it's also, and this is, You know, there's a reason why you should try to do more than one, and there's an argument for why you should try to do more than one and not at the same place. Mm. Yeah, for sure. And it's like getting a feel for different size firms. Mm -hmm. You know, we already kind of mentioned there were some differences for me in my intern experience working for a small firm versus a large firm. But I look at it now and I go, Mike, the experience students get coming and work for my firm now is similar to the experience I had when I worked for a small firm. And so I don't really have a good feel for if we're so unique that that's actually a distinction anymore. But I do think that if you can do an internship and you can do more than one, that you should try to find out what size firm do you think you want to work in? Get a for feel sure. for what the culture is, how what the energy in the in the building is. Yeah, for sure. Because I will tell you, 
that is a big difference. Me walking into the, an office of three was a lot different than me walking into the office of 60 plus. Yeah, it's funny. I teach professional practice class. I was just talking to him about that last week in the first day of class that you need to make sure that you find a job that fits you and not all firms operate the same and not they actually all operate differently. Like not even I can't find any two that operate the same. The culture's different, the way they do mm-hmm. everything's different, it's all different. And so if you can find different ways to experience different firms, it's much better for you because you can find one that, that fits with what you want to do. And I think you're right. Like if you have the opportunity to do more, do a big one, do a small one, do a medium one. If you got three during your educational career, make sure that they're all three different sizes. Even if you really loved one, go try something else just because. Well, that's the other bullet point that I got in here because it kind of dovetails on what you're saying is go work for a firm that does different types of projects. Mm-hmm. You could work for a small residential firm. You could work for a large corn shell office building firm. You could go work for a hospitality firm or one that does healthcare. Or, yeah. I mean, you kind of want to get a feel for the types of projects, the size of the firm. I mean, there's there's a lot of variables that go into this. And I think that you'd be best served by trying to try as many as you possibly can. Yeah. And I definitely think like you're talking about project types to be able to say, you, know, you may really be interested in hospitality work. Try to find an internship that is at a firm that does a lot of hospitality work to see if that's really what you want to do. Because you may get into it and you'd be like, mm-hmm. nope, this is not what I want to do at all. Right? Like the stuff they do on the daily is not what I want to be doing on the daily. It's not what I thought it was. And learning that before you get out or before you focus the rest of your education on, I'm only picking professors that we're doing resorts. That's all you've got in your portfolio when you get out and then realize, oh, that's not what I want to do at all. I mean, I think it's a really important thing. Can you imagine how different it is for students now than when we were in school? To be able to find out that information, <laughs> you mean, or what? <laughs> yeah, you can actually go to the website and look at their portfolio. and That was yeah, not, not an option. I mean, I used the yellow pages. When I was starting my hunt for summer internships, me too. Me too. yellow pages, my yep. friends, people were like, what are the yellow pages? Looking it up, actually, I used the white pages. Looked up architects in the white pages. Mm. I'm telling you, it's AAA architects. <laughs> I know. BBB. <laughs> Let me call them and see if they're hiring. BBB architects. Yes. Hey, I need to send my resume in. Who do I address it to? They're like, well, we don't. We're not hiring right now. Yeah. It's so different because now you actually can look at a portfolio and understand who's doing what, what they're into, and you can get a sense of what the culture is. I mean, yeah. it's a lot different. Yeah. And I don't remember career fairs. I mean, could I have been so unplugged that they happened and I just wasn't aware of it? I don't remember ever having a career fair. Yeah, I don't remember one either, but it maybe it was because I wasn't paying attention. I, I don't know. I'm not real sure. <laughs> Well, okay, so let's segue into the next kind of big chunk of discussion, and that's timing, which is like, when is it a good time to actually go get an internship? And this may seem, I initially thought, was this even a silly question? But the truth is, is I go, it's not. It's something that comes up in our talent retention meetings that we have. And they're like, okay, when we go, who are we looking for? What type of people do we want? How much experience do we want? And my default is, I want three years. I want three years of school under their belt Mm. before I bring them in. Interesting. And they look at me like, why? I go, man, there is a huge jump between year two and year three. And I would think you as a professor who's taught all the different years of studios, you would probably go, no, that's not really true. Or yeah, that kind of is true. Depends. And I wonder how much of it is age-based. You're probably around 21 years old. 
at the end of your third year in college, like, you know, 18, 19, 20, getting close up, get close to it. I also think that a lot of programs, their curriculum starts to change a little bit during the third year. And they start getting a little bit more like, I don't have to teach you the basics anymore. We're actually now we're at a point in year three where we're putting all this foundational design theory, color, poche, massing study stuff to work. Mm-hmm. And you're going to use software to draw it. You know, you're not just doing chipboard models or blue foam hot wire massing studies and, you know, that kind yeah. of thing, glue and cardboard. I mean, I think as early as you could get one, get one would be my opinion. But I think it does vary by firm. I do know that we have some people that were between their first and second year that got interns, summer internships. But it was a small amount. Uh, it was like a handful of students, like four or five. What do they do? I don't know. I have no idea what they do. But at the same time, at that point, they have a skill set of Photoshop and Illustrator. So, I mean, they can do stuff like that with pretty good efficiency. But beyond that, yeah, I don't really know. And I haven't asked. I need to go ask the guy who got them placed. But I think it's possible between your second and third year, depending upon what it is. But definitely your third and fourth. Again, it also depends on your program. In our four-year program, you want to try to get one between two and three and three and four, or else you're really not going to get to have more than one. Well, I always assume that they're going on to grad school anyway. Some of them do. Some of them don't. But, I mean, I agree. I'm with you that, to me, it's like further down the line is better. Like when I was hiring them, I rarely hired anybody that wasn't in their fourth year, between their third and fourth year of school ever. Yeah. Just because... Being the smaller firm that I was, I needed them to plug in and be able to do some things or have a basic knowledge set that I could work with and not have to teach them a lot of foundational stuff on top of the professional practice stuff that they need to know. Right. I think that's a pretty big consideration because if we just got through spending all this time talking about, hey, we want it to be a meaningful experience. We want you to actually learn, learn how to do what we do in the context of how we do it. Sure. And I can tell you, my last job, we hired awesome people because they were awesome. It didn't matter how many years they were there. Yeah. We're like, you've been in school two years and you're awesome? Great. Come on in. Yeah. Those folks, they were very helpful, but the vast majority of the time, they were used to build models. Mm-hmm. So they could see what was going on. Mm-hmm. They could be in the in the room. They could hear conversations. They could be a part of the culture of the firm. And you know what? Build models is cool. Reading drawings, there's actually positive things that can come out of it. In my office right now, we'll print some models. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I remember we had some interns two summers ago for a project. We said, you know what? I need you to build this giant topo out of chipboard. Mm-hmm. And it was two guys, and they were at from OU, University of Oklahoma. Uh-huh. You know what? And they were both pretty awesome guys. And they just said, all right, how do you want us to do it? So we kind of said, this is how you do it. And then they spent like a week and a half building what turned out to be about a 100-pound model of just chipboard. <laughs> chipboard to make topography. Yeah. And then we 3D printed out the buildings to go on there. Mm-hmm. But the job before then, the culture in our office, we built a lot of models. So we would get these students in and we'd go, hey, this project's already built, but we think it's cool. and We want a model of it. So they would make a model for our own benefit. Mm. nobody ever got it. It just stayed in our office. It was like a display. Yeah. People walk in and go, this is what I think an architect office is supposed to look like. It should look yeah. like. And you know what? It did. Yeah. It definitely set a vibe for sure. I knew that they used them to build models. I never knew that you used them to build 
models of stuff that was already built. I didn't realize that. I mean, that's not bad, though. Yeah, or just whatever. Again, that's why I think it's okay. I think getting that experience, whenever you can get that experience, you'll get something out of it. Because that sort of, I'm going to build a model out of something, is probably better for a earlier student than a later student. I feel like if I was that between year three and four student, I might not be happy building a model of something. But if I'm that year two to three student, I'm going to be like, yeah, this is awesome. I'm in an office doing this stuff. And like at the end of it, I've got this cool model of a project. And yeah, I think there's a different level of expectation depending upon where you're at. Because I'm pretty sure those first year students, one to two year students, I mean, they're not expecting to go in and do design work. They're just happy to be in an office and get to absorb what's happening around them and see the everyday life. Even if they are reorganizing the sample wall or whatever. <laughs> I had a couple of people that I made do that at the very beginning. I wasn't quite prepared to drop them into a project yet. So I'm like, all right, you got to reorganize all our sample books. Yeah. Take a week to do that. There's lessons to be learned. Like, oh, now I figure out. I know that what the CSI numbers are. And I could hopefully sink in a little bit, even though it is kind of a pain in the butt job. There's still something you can learn out of. Well, actually, even just handling all the samples sometimes is like, you got this cool. What's this? Mm-hmm. There's definitely a skill set that allows you to tackle different types of assignments and responsibilities as you progress through your education. So given the way my office functioned, we'll look at someone who's got two years, but they got to blow our socks off, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. Or at least we have to be prepared to say, this is what we need from you. And it's not helping us do corn shell office building designs because we actually had this happen. You could come into our office as a student, design a building, and that's the one we go with. That's a very real possibility. Yeah. We're not trusting you to figure out what cores are and, you know, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. We're just like, what do you think the outside yeah. should look like? And they can do it. We go, yeah, we kind of like that. So we're going to run with that. And then we make it real. Yeah. We'll turn that into a real building. But they can look at that and go, yeah, that looks like my real building. Which I think is a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of cool. Well, you hope that it is. I have this down here, and I have a bunch of bullet points, actually, for us to discuss. And it had to do with how do you actually get a summer job as an intern? Bust out the yellow pages. <laughs> it, yes, it's evolved yeah. a lot. And this is not a how do you do your resume, how do you prepare your portfolio. I mean, we've covered all that stuff before. It's on the website in spades, mm-hmm. even though... People ask the question, I go, you know, there's a search function on the website. Like You can just type resume on there and it'll pull up every article on resumes that I've done. Yeah. So we're not going to be rehashing all that information, but these are notes that I have, and some of them date back to 2012, and I was telling you this before we got on the call, to, to try to avoid repeating myself. You know, I went back and I go, have we actually talked about this before in a the direct manner that we're talking about it now. Mm-hmm. The answer is we haven't. Not like this. Mm-hmm. But I did write a blog post in 2012. So 10 years ago, I wrote a blog post. I think it's just ubiquitously titled Architectural Intern. <laughs> you know, there's not much, not much to it. Yeah, man. And in that article, I reached out to a handful of folks and I go, hey, what do you think students should know when it comes to trying to get a summer job as an intern? And you were one of the people that I asked to give me that information back in 2012. Nice. So I called out a couple of these and I updated them because like there's references to Twitter, (laughs) you know, on there. 
And I was like, yeah, you don't need to do anything on Twitter to get a job. But it had to do with how you connect with people because, well, let's just get into it. So the first note I have down here was take advantage of career fairs because FaceTime always trumps emails. So basically figure out a way to get in front of potential employers. So if there's an event or if somebody's giving a lecture from the firm or if it's a residential firm that you want to look for, a lot of times they might have houses on home tours. Go to their house on the home tour. They're going to be there. <laughs> yeah. You know, they man it. And make it a point to show up and just say hello. Because it makes a big difference when you're not just a name on a piece of paper that's piling up on someone's desk, but you're actually a name and a face. Mm -hmm. That makes a big difference. Yeah, for sure. Well, especially the next time that they come in contact with you and go, oh, yeah, I remember. And typically that does take a little bit of name FaceTime, not just, oh, I remember your name from a stack of papers. No. Yeah, that's another thing that it's another opportunity that I certainly didn't take advantage of when I was in school. Yeah. And that was, if you're in a, a fairly mid-level to major metroplex, you're going to have an AIA component in your city or close to it. Yeah. And they're going to have events. Mm -hmm. And as a student, for not a lot of money, you can be a member. In fact, your school may have an AIAS component within it. Mm -hmm. Yes. And they run events and they interface with AIA members. And I will tell you, I knew a lot of students from my time when I was heavily leveraged down at my local Dallas chapter AIA office. Mm -hmm. And those people got super preferential treatment because you're already like, okay, so you're a student. That's a lot. You're an architecture student. That's even more. But you're doing even more by being a member of the AIAS and you're at this event. I go, those are type A move to the front of the line people. Yeah. They're already showing up. So they've already, they, I already know something about them. For sure. I mean, I think as a student, in most instances, you can be, I mean, our local chapter membership for a student is free. You just have to say you want to do it. I know it's the same way for TXA. It's free at the state level. You can be a state member of TXA as a student and it doesn't cost you anything. And I, I agree. I think it's, there's something to be said for just showing up and, because I know a lot of students are like, oh, I want to go talk to these people or whatever. Go talk to two people, and that's it. Even if it's a two-hour event and you talk to two people, you're still better off. Mm -hmm. You got to put yourself out there because, again, it sort of goes back to that, well, it's not always what you know or how good you are. It's who you know and what they know or who they know, and that helps. Just yeah, spread yourself out there. I always kind of bristle a little bit at that. It's not what you know. It's who you know. You know, because it feels patently unfair to a certain extent, but it's a reality. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can't be stupid, but don't <laughs> get me wrong. I know there are plenty of examples of, yes, people that are stupid. It's just who they know. But I mean, if you're good at what you do, or you're competent and you take care of your business and who you know, you get a whole lot further ahead. Well, something else that I have in here, there's a couple of things. These are kind of tied together. So one of them is don't expect an internship just because you sent in a resume. Everybody has a resume, and it doesn't take much to get the attention of a potential employer. And in fact, if all you do is send in a resume, they're hiring at the post office, right? Yeah. It's not enough. I mean, I might see in the next six weeks, I might get a hundred resumes mm -hmm. in the next six weeks. For sure. And this is a whole different rabbit hole to go down into, but 
you know, now people have issue pages or like they have their portfolio mm-hmm. online somewhere and they can send an email and then go here. If you want to check out my work, here's this link, which is always super helpful, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. Cause I'll tell you if I just get a resume other than to look to see if they had like jail time on there, <laughs> I mean, I will do the, the skimmiest of skims. Yeah. Yeah. The minimalist of minimalist. If you just, all I'm getting is a resume. Yeah, but if I have like a link to a portfolio somewhere, I'll probably check it out and I'll go, ooh, this person looks kind of interesting. Yeah. In fact, I would look at their their resume after I look at the portfolio link. If there was a link, you attached a resume and there was a link to your portfolio, I'm clicking the link to your portfolio first. <laughs> right. 90% of the time for sure. Oh, let's, look, yeah. let's have a look-see. Click. Well, okay, so here's the other thing, and that is I have on here, make sure that you take advantage of your personality, and this kind of goes back to resume 101 stuff, and it was, can you at least put enough effort in so that your resume looks like something an architect prepared and not someone who wants to work for IBM? Yeah. There's a big difference. Somebody that doesn't want to be an accountant. (laughs) Yeah, and I've written that. I don't need you to put Microsoft Explorer down so that you have symmetry to your software listings. Like Skills, yeah, yeah. I don't need that because that's not a solution. Your solution is redesign it so that you don't have to have that symmetry in order for it to work. Yeah. That's how I look at it. But I love the interests mm. section on a resume. That's funny. It's my favorite part because... And I've told this before. We got a resume from someone. They're like, in my spare time, I'm rebuilding a 1957 Chevy, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, what? That sounds kind of cool. I want to hear about that. So there's things about that section. So fill out a resume, do it right, make it look like an architect did it, and put some cool stuff on there. You don't have to have cool jobs to have cool stuff. Are you? Architects are cool people. Put your cool stuff on there. Yeah, you can see that. I mean, I typically am not a big yeah. look at your side hobby stuff, but. If it's really cool, it would catch my attention. Well, you know, I'm kind of surprised to hear you say that because my opinion on this matter has changed a little bit because of the life of an architect website. Hmm. Because like when I started it and I'm like, no one's going to read this. The people that know me don't want to want to read it. Yeah. And it turned out, and I think I mentioned this, I was worried about sounding stupid. And I might actually, I don't think I am stupid, but I might sound it from time to time for sure. Or people might not agree with me, but it took me a while to get over the fear of thinking that people are going to read it and go, oh, this guy's an imbecile. Mm -hmm. I don't worry about that anymore. I haven't worried about that in a long time. It takes a while for people to get past that. And because I now realize that there's more people that think like I do than don't, now I have more interest in the interests section because if you write in there i like cat juggling speaking cleon and making jewelry there's going to be somebody out there who loves those same three things you just don't know i I mean i guess yeah i I guess that's true that's true because didn't you learn hey as unique as you think you are you're not as unique as you think you are yeah possibly that's what i've learned in 12 years yeah so let's see what else i got here Okay, here's another one. Use the full potential of social media in your search for an internship. We talked about that bit already. Today's interns have networking tools at their disposal that you and I could never dream of when we were hitting the pavement with our resumes. 
Now you can track down almost anybody on Instagram and understand who they are and what they're like. You could follow the Boca Pal feed and you could see how do we spend our Fridays? What do our interns do? What kind of projects are we working on? Yeah. I mean, they put a lot of time and effort into trying to tell a story as to who we are through our Instagram. You can find that out in real time on just about any firm that you would get an internship with. Yeah, for sure. Track it down. There's a whole lot of ways to find out about what life is like at Firm X than we ever used to have, but then even probably, I would say, in the past 10 years. That ability is, I think, increased just recently. Yeah. And be a little bit more real about it. It's not always quite as cultivated. It's like, you know, here's our press release about Project X, where, but, you know, that kind of stuff. It's yeah. a little bit more. Here's our corner money shot of the latest building we did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's a way for you to find out some about the people that you might want to work with that you really need to be tapping into that for sure. Mm -hmm, for sure. You know, and speaking of career fairs, just to throw this in there, I know the one down at UT Austin. So they make all their portfolios and resumes available online before the career fair. So as an employer, you can go through all that stuff. It's a bit of a beating because there's a lot of people. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I had to spend 12 hours just to open up the ones that have been uploaded, it's a lot sure. of prep work, but you go, it's important. I'm going to do it. Their career fairs kind of operate in two chunks. One is you just sit at a table and people walk by and they're like, hey, tell me about who you are and what you're doing. There's a little bit of that. Mm -hmm. But then they also have a chunk where I can reach out to students and schedule interviews with them during the career fair based on their resume and their portfolio that I've already had a chance to look at. Yeah. Now they have the ability to say, pass. I want to go to the East or West Coast, so I'm not interested in coming to Dallas, whatever it is. But if you do one of these interviews, for the love of all that's holy, can you take five minutes and just go to their website and look and see who they are and what they do? Look at their work. That's not a big deal. Yeah, it's not like you're doing a hundred of these interviews. At most, you're probably doing five because that's how many slots. I could probably have like a 30-minute slot for four hours, right? So I go. At most, I'm getting eight kids. Mm -hmm. So that tells me if you're just one of these all-stars and you've got eight firms filling up your dance car, okay, take an hour and a half and go look at those eight firms' websites. And I would say my advice on this is always like, at least try to remember one project that really stood out to you. And you have the opportunity to like, oh, yeah, I saw that project you did. You guys did. It's really cool, this part. Of but some way to at least show that you have some interest in them and that you're not just there checking off the boxes or whatever it is to say, yeah, I'm, yeah. you guys called, so I said yes, and now I'm here, and I don't know what you do. And I need a job. I want to get an internship. It's kismet. It's meant to be. <laughs> yeah. So there's a lot of these just really, I think, fairly simple, direct things that people can do. And the truth is, is so right now, we're recording this January 23rd. This episode's going to come out. I don't know, slightly less than two weeks from now, I think right at the beginning of February. So we're right on the crest of career fair month. For sure. Yep. And I'm telling you, you want an internship? Now's the time. Right now, February. If you want one for the summer, this coming summer. Get it going. You got to do yeah. it. So we're going to a school and we try to say, hey, alumni, why don't we send our alumni back to their school so they can go, hey, I went to school here. They can go, hey, do you remember that teacher? You know, whatever. Something to talk about. Some way to connect. Mm -hmm. So here's one. We're going to the University of Arkansas. 
that's a good program down there. And those kids, I got to tell you, they're good communicators. I was amazed. I went down there and they're like regular. Like some architecture students you talk to and you're like, you're kind of weird. <laughs> Nobody talks like you're, like they're all just weird. At the University of Arkansas, man, the work was good. The craft was good. The curriculum was pretty good. And they were nice people. I enjoyed talking to a lot of them. I go, yeah, I love what they're doing there. We're going to go back. I'm not going back. So I went to mm-hmm. the last two, but I'm not going to go to this one. I'm sure there's Arkansas students that are beside themselves right now to learn I won't be there. But we're sending two people that work for us that graduated. They're three years out of school. They themselves are very, very young. And we're like, you can talk to these people. Yeah, about working here? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I want them. In fact, one of the people we're sending, we're like, well, you're one of the guys that's going to be handling them. And we gave them the power to make an offer. Mm. So if they find an intern that they like, they have the ability to say, we'd like to make you an offer. Nice. And they go, nice. Yeah. You know? That is nice. And part of the reason we decided to do that, I don't know the best way to describe it. The idea that you're like at a dance or like you're asking some girl to homecoming. And you go, I'd really like to go to homecoming with you. Will you go? And they're like, well, I'm kind of expecting a bunch of other people to ask me. So let me check back in with you in a month. And if I don't get asked by somebody better, yeah, then, then I'll go to the dance with you. Sure. Yeah. I don't want that from an employment standpoint. Mm-hmm. If we're interviewing, we think you're awesome, man, let's pull the trigger. I'm not going to go. I got a couple other, other career fairs. We're going to see where all shakes loose. We're not doing that. It's a good attitude. I don't know how many firms actually work it that way that's a good thing for the students for sure and i think makes it possibly easier for you guys and granted again just because you're making an offer doesn't mean they're gonna doesn't mean they're gonna take it right i feel like that's a rare thing to actually have happen it it happens on the spot because i've been faculty chair for the aas and they're the group that puts on the career fair so i've been involved with that for the past like two years so i've been really knee deep in career fair stuff And that's not a common occurrence. No, I know it's not. Most of the time it's like, well, we'll get back with you and maybe we'll have another interview in two weeks over Zoom. And then maybe after that, there's another round or something. And so it's pretty rare to say, yeah, hey, guess what? We're going to make you an offer today. You get the golden ticket, my friend. Yeah, that's pretty rare. Well, but there's a difference. If this was a, you're graduating and mm-hmm. you're looking for full-time employment moving forward. That's true. Yeah. So sure. the people we send, they have the authority to set up those interviews. Mm-hmm. They go, I met this person. She was amazing. So we have a meeting set up and that's when they bring in people like me yeah. or something like that to evaluate. Sure. For summer internship, Yeah, they have the ability to d- decide, yes, they have what it takes. So we're like, we're going to give you that part. Because really, there's two upsides to that. One is the person that's being asked, the student, that's pretty flattering, I would think. They're like, sweet. I didn't know I was going to get this yeah. wrapped up today. Uh, and truth is, I bet what will happen is someone will go, hey, we'd like to make you an offer. And they're like, whoa, slow down. Yeah. Like, yeah. I still like, want to go talk to some other people. Wait, 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 wait. I've got a couple of other firms I'm talking to today. Well, you know, that sword cuts both ways. For sure. But then the other part is... I want the folks that we're sending to realize that we value their opinion and we trust them to make good decisions. I mean, like, yeah. we want to empower those people that are just a couple of years out of school to go, you can do this and we trust you to find someone who's amazing. Yeah. Because we think you're amazing. So therefore, you got this. Yeah. I think there's a level of empowerment there to say, 
we're looking for somebody that can do what you do, so you should be able to find that person. Yeah. And we're confident that you can because you're doing what you do. <laughs> you're doing what they're going to be doing, so go for it. Well, that's that, that football analogy, iron sharpens iron. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're good, chances are you're going to recognize other people that are good. For sure. Okay, I got one more section that I want to hit on really, really briefly. And it's work exchange programs. So it's not really like an internship, but it kind of is like an internship. It's just kind of structured a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. So does your school have a work exchange program like where you fill out an application and they go, all right, you're going to go work for Renzo Piano in Paris? Oh, no, not that I'm aware of. Not that I'm aware of. I don't think that we do. I don't know if we ever have even. Do we just have internship where there's a person now that tries to help people get internships? But it's not a, well, this firm automatically always has a spot for us. Right. And we're just going to send you there. And I'm curious about when you're saying work exchange, is that a, I'm not getting paid to work? Exchange is the wrong word. It's an exchange for money. <laughs> it's a living wage. Yeah. So like we had one when I was in school and people would do it half the time they were at resume building type firms. Firms. Yeah. And- one of my best friends in college, the job he took, he moved to London and it was for a semester and a summer. So it was either spring and summer or summer and fall. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how long it was. Sure. And they got paid enough to have an apartment. I mean, so you got paid a job, not an hourly. You got paid like a salary uh -huh. and the school stipulated that it, there was a certain minimum that they had to pay because uh -huh. they're not looking to slave labor their students out to some firm. So they're like, hey, they're going to go there, but you need to pay them enough so they can buy groceries and rent an apartment for this time period. And so a lot of people did it. I didn't. But I know that that's an option for people out there. And so for some folks, and I don't know if it's, there's timing, because even though, I'm trying to think, the guy that I know that did it, he graduated on time. So I think he actually got some coursework credit for doing that while he was working. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't just like, okay, take a summer and a semester off from school and delay your graduation a semester. Yeah. Okay. So we have a similar situation in essence of, I mean, it's not that it's a position that is already guaranteed, mm -hmm. but there is an option that our students can either go study abroad or they can do an internship. Yeah. And those two things equal out to a semester's worth of credit. Yeah. And that's what we had. Same thing. So if for us, it's your third year. One semester, your third year, you're either studying abroad or you're working as an internship. And those are both, you get college credit. I mean, you're paying for college credit, but you're also getting the credit for those things. But our interns in that situation have to get paid for doing the work. Yeah. And that's the one thing, I guess, I mean, I know we're getting close to wrapping up, but one of my pet peeves and all this is never take an internship that you're not going to get paid for. Agree. 100% agree with that. I don't really care if you don't feel like you have the experience or, you know, you feel like, oh, well, I just have to do it so I can get some experience. That's not a position that you want to put yourself in or actually work for someone that would put you in that situation. That's my opinion on it. But I have pretty strong opinions about it. Yeah, as you should. And I, I think that our opinions are in alignment with this. So I don't know if you've looked. So the previous episode that came out was the workaholic and I'm just getting killed. I'm getting killed for my opinion. Like I said, something in there like bonuses and raises are there to incentivize you to do more than the bare minimum, which is your job. Mm. And your job tends to, at least in this part of the world, tends to be 40 hours a week. Yeah. So if you want more, then you're going to probably have to do some more. And people are like, 
you're the reason the system's broken. I mean, they're literally killing me. Oh, I haven't seen it. I go, I don't know how I can explain this. Now, I like the people that are killing me, to be honest with you. So I just kind of go, maybe if we were sitting across the table, this would be- A different conversation. A different conversation. But, so here this is, the guy that works for a company that I practice what I preach, and I'm getting killed for what I'm preaching right now. Even we pay our interns. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I got you. We wouldn't think twice at the idea, what we pay people, it's a good number. Mm. I mean, it's it's more than I made. Yeah. Coming out of school by a mile. Yeah, by lots of miles for me. Yeah, I, I know. Yeah, your internships, if as a salary, what we pay our interns, it probably is more than what like most teachers make. Mm-hmm. It's real money. So clearly, we're not cheap in my office. But I agree. Do not take a job for zero money. It's like if they don't respect you enough to pay you, then how can you respect yourself to take yeah, it? Exactly. No job is worth it. I don't care yeah. who it's for. That's right. So we have a, I think, a good, a fun. What's the rank? This episode. And we're going to do a worst three ranking. And for some people, possibly even us, knowing what we're talking about could be a little difficult. So we might have to describe. Well, in fact, I know, I expect that we're going to have to describe our selections. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. You ready? Yeah. Okay. So today we're going to be ranking, drum roll please, the worst three types of beards. And just so everyone playing along at home can understand, beards have mustaches, but there's not the other way around. So, for example, there's the the infamous toothbrush mustache mm-hmm. made popular by the likes of Charlie Chaplin and Adolf Hitler. Yeah. Which nobody wears anymore. <laughs> Hitler ruined that yeah, mustache. Uh, yeah. For a long time. <laughs> right. But that's a mustache. That's not a beard. Mm-hmm. Sure. So you have to have hair on your face, not just your upper lip, to qualify for today's ranking. Okay. You got your selections? You know what you're going to go with? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I'm trying to figure out the order of what's worse, but but yeah, I've got them. Because <laughs> it's really like number three and then tied for number kind one. Kind of, right. Yeah. I know. Like, <laughs> uh. Okay. I'm thinking my number one is going to be like, What? People are going to be stunned Mm. that what I chose is my worst beard choice ever. But the other ones, I think are pretty solid. Mm, Okay. All right. Let's get to it. You're picking first. Okay. Um, So this is my number three, right? Yes. Again, to me, this is a beard thing, even though maybe it's not, but it's like the mutton chop, pork chop beard. (laughs) So your sideburns come all the way down your face, but they don't like actually connect. It's like, it's the Wolverine. Yeah, sort of. Right. But even without yes. the top, without the mustache though. Right. Like, cause I think he has a mustache at least, but it's no, 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 no mustache, just, just no, no hair, hair on under the chin, the, under your mouth. It's just the cheeks. Yeah, it's like all the way down. Like, yeah, no, that's terrible. It's not. That's terrible. That's the yeah. worst. So mutton chops is your number three. Mutton chops. Yeah. <laughs> My number three, mutton chops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's nice. I didn't see that one coming. But yes, yeah, that, it's like terrible. You know, it is terrible. Other than Wolverine, I'm not sure I've seen anybody rocking the mutton chops like out in the wild. It's not something I see a lot of. I actually have. It's been a while, though. Really? Been a while. Yeah, like mine's probably late 90s, early 2000s, the last time I saw that out in the wild. 
But they were like super big, bushy, like thick things. There's the type of mutton chops that's actually called a hulihi, H-U-L-I-H-E-E. And it's like the people that used to have the hulihi mutton chops, like it does have a mustache though, but there's nothing on the chin. It sticks out pretty far from the face. Those are the guys who signed like the Declaration of Independence. They, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, they're yeah. the ones. They also that had a white that. wig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. That's funny. I saw that one too. Actually, when I was because I yeah. had to look this some stuff up here to figure out what. Yeah, do a little research. I, I appreciate that. Call these things, but yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, since we both had mutton chops as number three, so what's your number two? Uh, um, and I feel bad because I. I mean, I know we have a friend that wears a beard like this. But <laughs> oh, my God. If you, can I tell you, are you going to go with the old Dutch? Oh, I don't know what that it's, is. It's like the chin strap. The or chin like, strap is what I was going to go yes. with. The chin strap. <laughs> yeah, he's worst. talking about you, JB, if you listen. I know. I'm sorry, JB. <laughs> I mean, but JB causes a neck beard, so, which is a little bit different to me. Uh, to me, when I'm saying it, I'm the one that's like, really, it's, it's the silhouette of your jawline. Yes. It's really thin and it's just below your jawline. I saw a chin strap. I saw a chin curtain, which was kind of weird to me. <laughs> it's how it's called. But you don't have any facial hair kind of above your jawline. It's all sort of below the jawline. But the one that I don't like is the one that's like really super thin. Okay. It's just like a, it's literally like a strap, like a chin strap is what it is. Yeah. That's what I tended to call those the chin strap. Yes. The one that I have on my list is called the Old Dutch, which is like the bushier version of the chin strap. Uh, I got you. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like a, I got you. Yeah, yeah like no, I make I, furniture and I ride in a yeah, bucket no, yeah. with, pulled by a horse. It's kind of long. I'm thinking it's like typically, you could rock one because it'd be white. It'd be perfect. That's always. Oh, yeah. I could have. Yeah. yeah. I could have an Old Dutch in 15 minutes. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I had thought about that. But yeah. Okay. Yeah, so. I got it. I feel like we should point this out because, you know, we didn't coordinate any of this. And I would say of my options, there are probably 25 different choices that I'm aware of that we could have gone with. And so far, our number three and our number two matched. I can't believe that. Actually, I cannot believe that. That's pretty amazing, right? Yeah. yeah. If you you have the (laughs) same number one, if you have the same number one, I'm going to drive down to you 250 miles and punch you in the face there's no way (laughs) if we have the same number one i'm gonna go and buy a lottery ticket because the odds are pretty wild right now i'm feeling confident that we don't have the same number one okay Okay. all right i'm afraid it's gonna be the same okay Um, let's go my number one is a soul pad no way are you kidding me (laughs) that's my number one oh my god (laughs) that is un believable uh, that is that is ridiculous <laughs> like this that's amazing to me i mean i yes. know people may not believe it but literally i just looked these up like right before the show started yes i was like oh what are they what are they what are they that's amazing oh my god <laughs> <laughs> i would have oh put i would have put r- serious money that there was no chance that not only we picked the same three but in the same order <laughs> that is amazing yeah amazing. i don't amazing. like the i don't like the soul patch uh, no, that, I mean, that was, I had to verify, what I really had to verify was that was going to be counted as a beard. Mm-hmm. Because it's not on a lip. Yeah, no, but it's really not much of anything, right? Like, that's the, then that's why I don't like it. It's like, you just forgot to shave well. Yeah, it's like, you, you, got, some, I mean? you got some schmutz on your face right there. <laughs> I know, I know. It's like, uh, uh, yeah, 
that's I, that's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, I know a few people that have a soul patch. Oh yeah. And there's uh, grosser versions of it, like the really thin, long kind of. Though if they move their lip, it like salutes, like it flips up. <laughs> like I can't. It's, stand it's like longer way. hair, but it's a really thin sort of yes strip. Gross. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know if it's those are the ones that are like almost non-existent. Like I'm why why do you even have this? It's like a really thin little like horizontal line of yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like why what is it I don't even understand it's the that. Charlie like, Chaplin it, it, of your bottom lip yeah I know <laughs> and I don't get it I'm like what just shave that it's half a stroke of shaving like you know what I mean it's like they don't got that kind of time are you kidding me yeah that's what I don't get I don't understand it they're in a rush they're like unless know. it's like the only place on your face where hair grows and I can admit I'm not a huge facial hair grower. Despite the fact that you have a beard. I do, but it's not like your beard. Like, I could never, my beard will never grow long. That was going to be the other ones on my list was like the really long, like ZZ top. Yeah. Super long thing. That was number, that was number three or four. That was really tight for me because I was scrolling through Instagram the other day and some guy came up and it was like, how to make the perfect beard bun. And like, I saw like that video pulled too. Pulled his beard and like made a bun out of it to pull it. I'm like, no. That's gross. That is not cool either. That's gross. No. You know what? And I have this thing and I go, that guy's defined by his beard. Yeah. It's such a thing. Yeah. Everyone's going to look and go, do you know Bill? And they're like, who's Bill? The guy with the giant beard. Oh, that's Bill. Yeah. You're the beard guy. Yeah. For Nobody sure. wants that. Yeah. And I mean, again, I couldn't grow one to save my life if I had to. I mean, if I didn't shave for six years, my beard would never get that long. Yeah. But I still just, I don't want it. It, it just doesn't appeal to me. It seems like it gets in the way. And it- yeah. I can grow a beard overnight. It's not hard yeah. at all. Uh, but there's definitely like a, it's too, like, I don't, I like keeping it tight around the mouth. The oh, people yeah, where sure. it's like touching their lips or hanging down. Mm-mm, mm-mm. So. Yeah. I kept mine really, really short, like stubble. Up until the pandemic, and it got a little bit longer. But I'm always, I'm always shaving my top lip with clippers to keep it like super short. tight. Yeah, because I don't, I don't want it. Ugh, I don't like it. Okay, well there you go. Number three, two, and one: mutton chops, the chin strap, and the soul God, patch. That's crazy. That's unbelievable. Unbelievable. Okay, well I think that that signifies that we <laughs> should wrap up this show right now. So, for sure. All right, everybody. Thank you for being with us today for episode one eighteen: architectural interns. Special thanks to our media partners, Building Design and Construction, for their ongoing support of the Life of an Architect podcast. Want to get every new episode automatically downloaded? Make sure to hit that follow or subscribe button on your podcast player of choice so you can get alerted every two weeks when we publish a super instructional new episode. While you're there, please take a few moments to leave us a five-star, I'm-not-going-to-make-you-mow-the-grass rating. To get even more content, head over to lifeofanarchitect.com for blog posts, links, and info about this outstanding episode and all the website has to offer. You can even add your voice and join the conversation. Thanks so much for tuning in. Take it easy, everybody. Cheers. Cheers.